It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. Hello, hello, oh, my friends. Uh, the brakes may be needing a little adjustment, but easy on the curves. <laughs> Not a glitch to have you Just got fixed like you. This all on you? This all on your cow? The reference here is very obscure. Welcome, foolish mortals. It's that time again. What time's that? Time to talk about Disney stuff. <laughs> Your favorite time of the week? It's what I do. That's uh, what It's we what do. I live for. <laughs> to help unfortunate Disney de- Disney deprived people like yourself. I was going to say, stop it. I'm right here. <laughs> That's just so unfair. Uh, no, it's, a, it's another Disney week. How's your Disney week been? Good? Uh, it's been fine. There's yeah. been lots of uh, discussion about new things going on. So, lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, we do put together a list like throughout the week when we're putting this together. So like things will come up. And we're like, oh, add it to the list. Right. And then this morning I was like, what are we going to talk about? I pulled it up and I was like, I am so glad that's on the list because <laughs> I totally forgot that's what we're talking about. Oh, I so, need to talk about that. We totally... <laughs> It's a requirement. Yeah. It's a requirement of life that it's be that it will be discussed. For sure. So uh let's, let's start discuss. Let's start media. Because oh, yeah. that's how we always start. Well, look at us getting all organized with our thoughts. Right. Well, so big news. The day this comes out, the final episode of Loki will be on Disney Plus. Are They're, you excited for it? I am excited for it. I to see um, the wrap up of it all. Yeah, it, the, my issue sometimes with some of these shows is that uh, they like to draw them out way too long. Mm, so I okay. kind of like the shorter number of, of episodes where you can go, okay, just get to the point now. Like, it's fun mystery stuff up to a point, and then you're like, just tell me what's going on sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I say that the key to a good relationship is le- let them uh, leave them wanting more, basically, oh. right? In all things, right? So if it's like somebody you work with or if it's somebody that you just like, if it's a friend that you're going to go hang out with, whatever the case may be, including you, Disney, no. leave them with a, wanting a little bit more. You okay. know, <laughs> that's just my uh, that's why when I it. make you laugh really hard, I get up and leave. No. So no. that <laughs> you always need more. I I do do that, by the way. <laughs> I always leave on a laugh. I'm out. If I get a laugh light, I will walk out of a party. <laughs> well, I'm not topping that. I'm yeah. out. Thanks. <laughs> good night, everybody. Exactly. It's a thank you. Good night. Moment. <laughs> exactly. Ladies, am I right? But yeah, that's what I think about Loki, too. So like, it's fantastic. And these eight episode series that they've been working on. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Because they they had a, they hit on a good thing with WandaVision where people were like, I don't know what's going on, but I love that I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they did really well with Loki, leaving enough of a breadcrumb trail that you're like, I'm not sure what's about to happen, but I think I want to know what's about to happen. Yeah, and I think they did that with Falcon and Winter Soldier for the average person. Mm, it just wasn't our favorite. Mm. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you listening to this today, you enjoyed the last episode of Loki. Hopefully yeah. it was everything that it's been building to. That's very exciting. There's lots of Lokis running around. I There's tell you lots that. of them out there. Did you yeah. have a favorite one? 
I know your favorite one, the crocodile. Ah, the crocodile Loki was the coolest <laughs> one. Spoilers, I guess, but come on. The crocodile Loki was the coolest one. Right. Um, but we also got a chance to watch Monsters at Work. Oh, my gosh. Which kind of came out of left field. Like, there's usually so much fanfare for new things coming out on Disney. Yeah. That Monsters at Work didn't get as much fanfare as I thought it would. And I'm a huge fan of the Monsters um, movies. Uh-huh. Like, I just love them. I think they're great. Yeah. I didn't realize how much of a boy I was until I started going, I do like the Monsters I and the like Cars monsters. movies. Good for me. Yeah, yeah the Cars movies. Yeah. One day we're going to have to have an intervention. But I can, I can relate to a six-year-old boy. Sure. <laughs> it's that inner child that Disney's always talking about, right? Yeah, completely that. Yeah, so the Monsters. So I don't know that I, w- I was like overwhelmed with excitement on this Monsters at work, though. Were you? Mm, I think the concept was brilliant i thought it was a fun idea yeah and i really wanted them to take that idea and go really like really dig into that because the concept is it's immediately like the day after mike and sully get jp waternoose the third arrested and they find out that laugh is more powerful than scream yeah right and the great thing about it is that the rest of the monster world hasn't adjusted to that yet and so literally there's a college graduate from Monsters University that gets a job as a scarer and shows up at Monsters, Inc. thinking he's going to be scaring kids and finds out that he no longer has a job doing that. Poor guy. I've been there. And I'm like, that's such a cool idea to try to see what cultural shift is going to happen when these monsters switch from having to be scary to being funny, right. you know? Um, I think this is probably um, angled a bit more towards a younger audience. Mm. Um, I it, it felt a little bit of lull, random, kind of just weird for the sake of being weird every now and then. Okay, yeah. But I thought it was still a fun watch, and it's not terrible. I mean, there's much worse kids shows out there. This one I, I at least feels like a lot of effort got put into it. It it does and it was fine and it was fun it didn't feel like it added too much to the story yet so far yeah you know, we'll see i i don't think they're going for a a shocking arc like loki or wandavision <laughs> so i think we're just gonna have to enjoy it for what it is they did get billy crystal and john goodman back though which i think is really exciting yeah it was right because i thought for sure they were going to recast those voices and then they're like nope it's it's That's them I too and then i was like but, I mean, voiceover work is great, and it's so easy to do. And they can probably even do it. For, I bet both of them, they're like, we'll just build a studio in your house. Right. So just sit just, in your closet. Right. We'll just tap in and let you know when you need to go in there and say things. Right. Fine. You don't even have to leave your house. And they're like, okay. Besides, what are the both of them doing? You know what I mean? Whoa. Jeez. Like, Billy Chris, or, yeah, he hasn't hosted the Oscars in decades now. <laughs> and that was the only thing he had going. Google it, kids. I, <laughs> it happened. I promise. <laughs> Uh, and Wazowski hosted the Oscars. Right. <laughs> and I mean, they're both getting up there as far as acting age goes. You know, they're they're older. So, yeah, a voiceover career. Perfect. Right. Super easy. No makeup, costume, crazy hours. It's just great. I would do it. Yeah. I've been practicing all these years with yeah. this podcast. Can't right you just here. hear my voice coming out of an animated <laughs> hamster? <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, were we having subtitle issues? Okay, so on Disney Plus, 
there was multiple times this week I would go to log in and I think it happens with a couple of different things, but very specifically with, with Disney plus it would just turn on the subtitles mm. all the dang time. Well, and maybe because like, they know you're a geriatric that needs the subtitles <laughs> on to hear anything. Based on the volume in which you're listening to the TV, you probably need <laughs> They're subtitles. Like, oh, you've got that turned up real loud. We're going to give you some subtitles. <laughs> yeah, because it's totally true. And if you use like the, the Roku app and the phone will like come through your phone and stuff now, you know, all these like crazy. Oh, that was fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't even understand how this all works anymore. It's fantastic. Yeah. It just does things. But um, yeah, no, the subtitle kept turning on. And I was wondering, is I, I guess it was. You've not discovered this issue at all? Uh, not really. I mean, I remember like being younger and having DVDs and the DVD player would randomly just turn on subtitles Yeah, for no reason. And it's, you know, it's not that big of a distraction. Sometimes it's nice because we, there are some shows where they talk really, really quiet and then all of a sudden they blow up a firecracker right next to your speakers and right. you're like why why uh, is this so loud all of a sudden and so i promise you they came up with tvs that were supposed to fix that but they never really did oh gosh i used to remember those commercials where they're like your tv will auto adjust your volume and it showed you watching something and then like some screaming car salesman guy comes on do you oh, remember this you, commercial? I sure do. And it turns it way down and he's trying to scream at you, but it keeps on turning him down. Love <laughs> it. Yeah, we could not afford such TV, so I don't know if it actually worked or not. But <laughs> You were the automatic volume down when yeah. you were a kid. <laughs> hey, turn down that TV. Turn it down. Who knows? And it could be that I turned on the uh, subtitles for um, when we were watching... Um, Loki? No, it was um, the, the, the new movie for the 4th of July Anyway, the new movie for the fourth. It wasn't the new one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I turn it on for that. <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, we were, I was told like it was like if you really want to enjoy Hamilton, you got to turn on the subtitles if you watch gotcha. it from home. And so that might. And since then, I can't turn it off. I don't know. Anyway, I kids, do. come help me. I don't know where the remote is. And no, how I do. I do. Turn no, no, no. <laughs> I turn it off every single time, and it comes back on. And I was like, okay, I know it's not me. Okay, just saying. All right, we'll blame it on. We'll blame it on Disney Plus. It could be. All right. Um, so exciting stuff uh, from the media world. Um, but then there's even bigger news, if it's even possible. Bigger news in the parks. All sorts of stuff going on. You mentioned this uh, Disneyland three-day local pass being oh. announced for $86, right? This... <sighs> and it like was literally like announced the second we finished recording last week's episode and we're like wind it back up <laughs> pick up the microphone now this is the thing Breaking is news right here folks right this is the thing about it is that this i think it irritates everybody um that doesn't live in florida and or california but but watching the prices steadily increase for everybody and then seeing the locals get a massive pay break yeah you're just like what yeah. How is it that you're getting, oh my gosh, and I understand, I understand, I understand, but it still doesn't make it any easier for everybody else. Because <laughs> like, if we could get $86 passes, we would have done been there yesterday. Oh, for sure. We would have already spent a week down there, but they don't do that for out-of-towners. No, they don't. And I was even kind of 
hoping like I guess I don't know for some reason this one isn't pissing me off as bad as some of the other ones do okay um I don't know why maybe just because because we're so far away from this one (laughs) yeah I can no longer vex me (laughs) uh and I guess I don't know like maybe it's just because of that like we are like I it gives me hope that they may have additional passes for other people in the future you know yeah and hopefully one day we are those people I it's it's uh what it does, it makes you hope that the annual pass program comes back to a, in a way that makes sense again. Um, it's the only way you and I enjoy trips down there because you can just go and go and go and leave and not feel like you're wasting a half day if you go in and things, um, with the, with the requirements that you, you pre-book this specific days, there's still that. But other than that, I, I do miss our, our annual passes. Well, and we've been talking about that a little bit too, that, you know, this is what I think about while driving is the, like if they released a 10 day pass for 300 bucks or something like that, right. Or, you know, something crazy. Okay. Like if they did that, oh, as opposed to doing an unlimited season pass, would it be better to only buy like 10 or 15 days a year as opposed to you know, getting an entire, cause really even when we get a season pass, we're only down there 21 days in a year, you know? Right. Which is so, still a lot. Yeah. That's totally a lot. But then you have to take a whole year off cause you're down there so often. So, mm. um, I don't know. It, I like the idea of having like a smaller package bundle like that, that, but the problem is the bundles they have available now just never, ever, ever make sense. They're just like sure. a slight difference. And you're just like, no, no, yeah. thanks. no, thanks. Not into that. I'm interested to see what what they do with annual passes again. There, you know, there are rumblings that they're going to come back, and so I'm excited at that prospect. But I'm definitely cautiously optimistic because you never know what Disney's up to, right? And they are seeing dollar signs lately, mm-hmm. uh, which brings us to our next topic. <laughs> Which is the, we're just going to call it the Paris Fast Pass situation. Because I feel like it's a Fast Pass situation. We got a situation. Yeah, I know. This has also been being discussed for like the last week. But if you haven't heard about it yet, folks. Every Disney fan is talking about it. It's the thing on, the the name on everybody's lips is Paris right now. Because they are introducing a new Fast Pass system in Disneyland Paris. Yes. Do you want to tell them what it is or do I have to tell them what it is? Do you think you'll do better than me? No, no. I think you will. Oh, okay. I'll try. Okay. You you jump in. Okay. So, uh, what they're going to be doing uh, is a lot of their lines from here on out are going to have a digital weight, which I think is great. I think most lines should be done that way anyway, Yeah. where you get on your phone and you digitally stand in line that gives you times to go away and do what you want and come back at a specific time and just get on the ride. It's basically what a fast pass used to be uh, for many of these attractions. However, if you get to the ride and see that the standby passes are way too late or you're going to be taking way too long, there is now Disney Premier Access, which is extremely confusing because that's the name of their uh, movie permission on disney plus yeah it's almost like their new brand right right it's a new thing it's a new disney thing so their premiere access is now a paid fast pass 
And unlike in other parks where your premier access would be a lump sum at the beginning of the day where you say pay, you know, $50 a person for everyone, you know, to have a, a fast pass for the day or whatever. It's done now on an individual ride basis. <laughs> Somewhere between 8 to $15, depending on the attraction and how busy the day is when you're there. Mm-hmm. So you could, you know, you could walk into a park paying, you know, $200, $400 for your family to get in there uh, and drop an extra $50, $60, $80, on getting people just on rides because it's so crowded, trying to get in rides in general, right? Yeah, especially depending on how big your group is. Right. And like... It's 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 evilly brilliant, I think, because I can see it working so well for Disney. So I like the idea of this far better than the way that they've done fast passes in the past. Okay. Actually, for sure. Plead your case. For sure. So yeah, essentially that's what it's going to be is that your premier access line, if you walk up to the ride and you see that the line is incredibly long and you're like, oh, look, for just an extra $10 per person, um, and I guess it's in euros, so it's like between 8 and 15 euros which is like 10 to 18 dollars american or something okay so you walk up to the ride and then you're like okay yeah we're gonna go ahead and book that now so then you jump on the app and then you go i'm paying that to go through that line right now so that i don't have to wait in the line Mm. and then if the standby line gets to a certain point let's just say like it's you know 45 minutes or an hour once it gets to that point they'll cut off the standby line and say now if you want to get in the standby line you can just book your virtual standby ticket line so that you can so that if you you come back at a later time to then have the right to get in the standby line later. Yeah. And that almost sounds rude, but <laughs> it's like kind of cool because like that's the thing is that there's been many times I walk by a ride and I look at the ride and I go, OK, it's 25 minutes. I don't mind waiting right now. We'll just jump in line right right now. Sure. But then it says like, you know, flight of passage, 487 minutes. And you're yeah. like, I <laughs> Six months. Girl, I can't do that. I cannot do the math on the fly. I have no idea. Six months waiting line. That's what it's going to be like. Sometimes it feels like that. Legitimately. And that sounds awful. So there's like never, ever a chance that we're ever going to get onto Flight of Passage using the standby line. So, sure. Yeah, that looks good. And I guess the thing is, is that I dislike the people getting free fast passes that just absolutely mangle the do the walk the uh the standby line on certain rides now uh-huh. you know um the uh journey the river journey that they just built right next to flight of oh, passage that's, that's such a hot button issue for us rideable ride now because the standby line is so bad compared to the fast passes so hopefully that would be thing that they're like yeah the fast pass on this one is 28 bucks what you want it <laughs> like, yeah but don't you think that there's going to be enough uh, fancy pants rich folks that it still tanks the standby line with all those people just being like nope we're so wealthy that we're gonna drop three grand and just get the fast pass to everything no i kind of don't though all right like i kind of i we've because uh universal has their express pass that's been paid for for all these years yeah and i rarely see well, i mean i've only been to universal once but <laughs> i rarely hear about or notice that people are that that line decimates the other one right which you can easily see on um, 
like a haunted mansion or something. You yeah. Know? So I kind of feel like people, once they have to pay for it, are really going to have to make a conscious effort. Do I really want to go on it that bad right now? <laughs> like, are you sure? You know, is it really worth it? Well, I just, I think yeah. about, so let's just say, uh, we just found out that, uh, haunted mansion holiday is coming back this year. Right. Yeah. At Disneyland. It's uh, it's ridiculously hard to get into that ride. It's the anniversary, folks. It's like their 30th, right? The 20th anniversary. 20th. I'm so much older than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a super cool overlay that they don't do anywhere else in the United States. So you have to go to that one, mm-hmm. right? Do you not think that there's going to be enough people in the park that they're like, I'm not doing standby. I'm just going to pay for it. That it will completely clog the the line with people just paying just to get in i guess we'll have to wait and see hmm. and if it does if it does do that and if that's the case and if they you know disney's already obviously they're trying to edge out as many people as possible so if it continues like i don't know i don't because you know i would rather pay a full price ticket and then not have to wait in lines all day long i think that it's the idea of paying thousands of dollars for the right to go wait in a four-hour line is right. just brutal yeah you know it's inhumane even <laughs> okay dramatic inhumane it's, i know i was just being dramatic that's it's against not true my rights <laughs> my god-given right is to get on this ride in 22 minutes <laughs> uh oh, but they so do have true. they do have a limit that you can only get three premiere access per each attraction per guest per day right yeah, so if you you could not spend your entire paycheck on Hodden Mansion if you wanted to. You could You could do it three times though. Three times per day. So I guess if you wanted to come back each day, that would be interesting. Right. And I guess it's kind of interesting to think about that and like the after hours parties and the hard ticketed events that they have that are also like 160 bucks. Oh, by the way though, the, the hard ticketed events this year are outrageously expensive. Oh, they are they are getting their money's worth out of you this year for your ticketed events. And they're for announcing sure. that like the some nights won't have fireworks and other nights will only have fireworks and not, you know, not the parade. parades and stuff, yeah. you know, and you're like, uh, wow, okay. And they're not letting you in as early as they let you in in the past either. So dang. Yeah, you have to have um you have to be able to accept some some uh, new terms when it comes to their hard ticketed events, uh, and you know if if it is a a must do for you one way or the other, then more power to you. What we're seeing though is that the prices are going up, and for whatever reason, the perks of that ticket are going down, which makes it real hard to justify for some people. Yeah, it is. We're right there with you. Yeah. We are, uh, you know, carefully at doing the calculations daily mm-hmm. <laughs> to see exactly what moment we can afford to go back. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Okay. So how at many which, more weeks do we eat ramen so that we can go to the Halloween party? Literally. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us the name of the rides that are going to be available for this fast pass situation? Mostly Actually, because part of them are in French and I can't say them. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me try to speak French like live. Okay. Let's Without see. Practice. Uh, Disney's I read premier- that word and I was like, Oh, I'm not sorry. Mm. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> uh, Disney premier access is available for big thunder mountain. Of course, Peter Pan's flight. There's another one that's going to be extremely difficult oh, to you'll get, never on. get on that right now without it. You're yeah. Right. You're right. 
Ooh, okay, so this is the this is the good one. Ratatouille, l'aventure totalement touquée de Remy. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> I haven't spoken French since high school. I met like, a French guy at the dentist once. Legit? That's about the extent of my French. Bonjour. Bonjour. Like that's exact. Uh, so real quick on that. What? What does all that mean about Ratatouille and the... Uh, it's the something adventure of Remy. So I'm assuming there's, uh, there's a, like a subtitle to it. I have to say stunningly beautiful. Oh, thank you. Uh, Buzz Lightyear laser. Now, why is this one not in French? Buzz Lightyear, uh, laser blast. Mm. Star Wars, hyperspace mountain. Uh, Star Tours, l'aventure continue. The adventure continues. Uh, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and Autopia. Registered trademark. Registered trademark. <laughs> Ding. Uh, so those are some big ones that I think people will definitely pay to get on faster. For sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. So get that, Paris. You got to make up for some of that money that you lost on your opening, apparently. Right. So. Darn you, Paris. That's totally the thing. Did you know they were originally going to have a water park there? Did I tell you about this? In France, I don't see how that's going to work out well for France. Yeah, because I, they're, it's it's frozen half the year, right? They get snow. Oh, Who you could totally to do there? a frozen water park. And yeah, like, not me. And whatnot. Yeah, no, originally there was going to be a park that was going to be called the Lava Lagoon. And it was going to be all around the Hawaiian volcano, which, by the way, sounds kind of amazing, doesn't it? Sure. Um, that you could just have like a Hawaiian adventure right there in Paris. Like, it sounds great. Totally would be worth it. Um, going to be a huge, massive park. They're going to spend like $100 million on it, which, by the way, is the equivalent to one e-ticket ride. <laughs> doesn't that just kind of blow your mind? You can build an entire water park that you charge 50 bucks a day to get into or something. Yeah. And it's like the cost of, you know. Indiana a jokes. single ride. Mm-hmm. Were they only going to charge 50 bucks to get into it? I, I feel like they that. charge a lot to get into their water parks how, in Florida. How much is a water park, do you think? You know what? I, I don't know. i honestly never been to one. I'll have to look into it. I'll tell you how much they are for me. Oh. Zero dollars. <laughs> because you don't swim and you sink like a stone. I do sink like a stone. It's true. I try. I try. But you're so dense. It's totally... <laughs> All in my head. You're made um, of lead. Yeah, completely. True. But the water park was going to be to have like an indoor outdoor type of a thing where it was going to be. And I guess they went ahead and built one similar to it years later with a co-op adventure with people, different things. But um, oh. yeah, there was going to be a, a water park. But because Paris was what Paris was, uh, Paris. It, I'm glad to know that it even hurt itself though a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I mean they hurt everybody else, so it's only fair. And part of it, I think, was Eisner's. Uh, want to keep the money as cash um liquid as possible Mm. so he wanted things to pay itself back very quickly and you know a big return on investments and that kind of thing so as soon as he didn't get the big investments he wanted he immediately was like okay we'll cut every other project then because we we need the cash folks you know so that's not i don't i for some reason i kind of feel like um the Bob Iger's was different that he was like, no, we're spending everybody's money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And it well, worked out really well for us. <laughs> I think what they realize is that if you try to cheap out, if you try to do the bare minimum, the Disney fans don't accept it. Yeah. You either give it the full Disney polish or you don't do it at all because they will notice that you haven't done it all and they will 
stay away in droves. Yeah, which they did from they both the park and the water park. Yeah. Like they said on the review, if they would have built it, it would have been just a Frenchman splashing water in your face and pushing you down a hill. <laughs> You're like, which is the greatest thing ever. That that was pretty amazing. That's I'm glad to know that that's uh, the public opinion of it all. But um, it was going to have, like I said, the outdoor indoor. So the indoor part of it was only going to be available for like five months of the year to guests staying on property Mm. and then when the other part was able to open up they were going to be at full capacity then they would open it up to other people if there was room available basically oh yeah they like to do that it's a party at the lava lagoon lava lagoon lava french i don't know yeah what is lava lagoon in french steve do you want to tell us (laughs) sure don't yeah i didn't (laughs) think so (laughs) Ramatouille? <laughs> Ramatouille. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but I do have another full obscure topic that I really wanted to talk about. Okay. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Obscure Topic of the Month. Yeah. Week. Week. Uh, when I was a kid, there was this really ridiculous, uh, not ridiculous, it was an awesome radio segment called The Rest of the Story. And this man with a really deep voice would give like a full description of something and it would turn out to be something that everybody had heard of but hadn't heard the background of oh yeah so i i kind of i found this and i thought ooh, this would be a good and now you know the rest of the story with obscure disney a disney now you know moment yeah I love so that. i'm i'm gonna get i'm gonna read a short story and then you will know the rest of the story oh are you ready i'm ready all right uh toby wells Grew up on a ranch just east of Fossil Beds outside of Colorado Springs. For two years as a summer job, he worked as a tour guide at the Pike Petrified Forest. And on the evening of July 11th, 1956, he saw a two-tone Chevy turquoise and white pull into the parking lot right at closing time. Though there were two people in the car, husband and wife, only the man stepped from the car. Even though it was already late, at the request of the distinguished man, Toby agreed for a small tour at the cost of 35 cents. The man's wife seemed anxious to get back on the road, honking the horn and yelling for him to hurry up. However, the gentleman expressed interest in buying a small specimen and was directed to the gift shop where souvenirs were sold. Oh, yeah. The man clarified, no, I don't want, I, I want something bigger like that indicating a seven-foot, five-ton petrified stump of a redwood tree. Wow. Wells explained that things like the stump were not regularly for sale, but if his interest was genuine, he would talk to the owner. It wasn't until the man offered his contact information that Toby Wells learned that the man inquiring was Walt Disney himself. Stop it. He trying to go off by redwoods? Yeah. And not only did he try to buy, but he bought that petrified stump for $1,650. Where did he put that? Just in the trunk of his car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had it, you know, tied to the top. <laughs> Lucille Ball style? I could see him <laughs> doing that. It's like, a, it's like a Chevy Chase moment, isn't it? Totally. Uh, but he was prepping to open something called the Mineral Hall at Disneyland, which was going to display rocks and minerals presented uh, like a uh, like the Los Angeles Museum of Science and Industry. Okay. And there was even going to be a special back room with black lights to show how they lit up under black lights. Oh, it would have been so amazing. How cool see. would that be? Um, so, if you go to Disneyland today, 
uh, a fun little uh, piece of trivia is what is the oldest thing at Disneyland? And it is the petrified tree from the Pike Petrified Forest, Colorado. And it's in Disneyland? It is in Disneyland. Uh, there's a plaque on it that says this section weighs five tons and measures seven and a half feet in diameter. The original <laughs> tree estimated to have been 200 feet tall was part of a subtropical forest 55 to 70 million years ago. That is in what is now Colorado. Scientists believe it to be the, uh, to be of the redwood of Sequoia species. During some prehistoric era, a cataclysmic upheaval caused silica-laden water to overspread the living forest. Wood cells were changed during the course of time to sandstone. Opals were formed within the trunk of itself, and it's presented to Disneyland by Mrs. Walt Disney herself, September 1957, where she, during the presentation, said, It's too big to fit on the mantle. <laughs> So, where is it at at the park? I don't know if I've ever seen it's it. It's right alongside the rivers of America. If you've ever had to stand um, like uh, over to the, the right-hand side of the rivers of America. Oh, and it sit, sits upright? Yeah, it's near Frontierland, which is where uh, the mineral hall would have been originally. Mm. So I think a lot of people walk past it thinking that it's just a big rock. Yeah. But it's literally got like a fence around it with the plaque and it is a giant petrified stump in Disneyland. When you said the oldest thing in Disneyland, I thought for sure you were saying me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Only when Steve's there is there the oldest thing in Disneyland. Otherwise, did Mineral Hall ever open, do you think? It did open and they sold uh, little bags of minerals and things. Uh, it was like a walkthrough attraction. Disney Walt Disney Gosh. was very fond of those type of things. Yeah. But when they went ahead and uh, built Thunder Mountain and took out a lot of things, mm. uh, it was taken down. But fun Easter egg for those of you that now know the rest of the story. Yeah. Uh, when you're riding Thunder Got Mountain, as check. you come to the end... The Mineral Hall original window is still in that little town when you pull into the station. So, The original window they put in there? That's what they say, yeah. The original uh, Mineral Hall window that was in the front window of uh, the actual Mineral Hall. It now makes up one of the little houses on the side. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? That is uh, So keep an eye out for it next time you're riding Thunder Mountain. That's very interesting. So basically on a day at Disney, you could go to Mineral Hall, the Aluminum Fact Museum. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I mean, it was an educational space. Good times. Could you imagine how different Disney's reputation would be if it was still just a bunch of walkthrough educational attractions? Do you think it would be even close to what it is now? Yeah, we still have Epcot. Oh no! I'm just kidding. They've even gotten away with that a lot at Epcot, though, right? I mean, they do have walkthroughs, but they're all sponsored by individual countries and things. Where it's like we're going to show you our our patriotism for our country, versus yeah. like this is what a mineral oh, that's is. Right. They do that a lot, and I do know the first time we went on like uh, riding with the land or living with the land. I'm sorry, riding with the land. riding on the land. <laughs> That's how I do it. Yeah, no. When it was a, uh, when we first did the living with land ride, um, where you're go, you go through the greenhouses and everything else. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. It's a fun ride. Have no idea why we're doing this at a theme park, but I am all about it. And it's like one of my favorite rides. So many people's. Nah, it's my favorite ride. Well, it's it's calm and relaxing. The line moves fast. It's air conditioned for the most part, um, and you get to see how pineapples are grown. 
totally true. I take that back, though. I said it's my favorite ride. It's not. I just really enjoy it. Oh, wow. Like, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to spread rumors. So it's not that. It's not. Don't lie on this podcast totally about true. how much you like living with the land. It's not even my favorite ride in that building. Oh. And there's only two. Jeez. No, I'm only kidding. But Soren is great, right? Soren so is like, a good ride. Anyway. Yeah. All right. But it, it is still a fun little uh Easter egg that you can find at Disneyland. Uh, go and stop by the petrified tree. I don't think it gets enough love. Yeah. Uh, take a picture in front of it. Oh, the weird Say, you, you know, Disneyland. you can put something funny on the caption like, now I'm the second oldest thing in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> That's my caption, you all. <laughs> so we teased it a bit last week about the um, conversation about um, animation and his hand-drawn animation. Um is is computer animation more expensive than uh, hand drawn? And here's my thoughts. Give right? us your thoughts. This is what made me think about it a little bit, and uh, I know you're going to be able to tell me a lot more about this. But just just my theory on things, or not theory, but you you talk about the the amount of money spent on all of these new movies, uh-huh. and if you look at the budgets, they're dramatically more for computer animation than they were for hand-drawn animation at the time. Sure. Even though hand-drawn animation just seems ludicrous to think about. The budget is still cheaper than it is to build the other one. So you're like, well, then why don't we do hand-drawn animation? Mm-hmm. I know it's ridiculous in theory, but, you know, they still are, like, awesome to look at. You know, <laughs> they're like little pieces of work or of artwork that you get to see every 26 frames a second or something. Right. So, yeah, computer animation is amazing. And, like, we just saw the... Um, Last Dragon thing that could not be drawn by hand. You just couldn't do that one, right? Right. To get all the movement that they have in there. Still, you, you look at 101 Dalmatians and that one would be fantastic. Like if they try to do that with CGI or yeah, with CGI and computer animation, different things. I, I mean, they've done enough. Um, they've done enough live action 101 Dalmatians to prove that the, the hand-drawn animation version is better. Um, but this is the thing that I think is interesting is that um, movie companies and Disney is not excluded from this, will do whatever they think will make them the most money and what the public wants. And this is why we keep getting live action remakes of movies that we already have, because they keep on, people keep on going to see them, even though it's just a sad retreading of things that they've already done. I mean, we do. We haven't missed one yet. I most certainly will not be seeing more of them. We haven't paid for one in a while. Yeah, but uh, what I think is interesting is what happened is they had a few flops in hand-drawn animation when um, Pixar put out Toy Story and just blew them out of the water with Toy Story, right? Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, this is what people want." Not recognizing the fact that the movies that they were putting out were not really catching on with people. Uh, for, not because they were hand drawn, but because of, you know, story issues or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and so they basically dismantled their animation department completely and said, we only do computer animation now. And they gave it one good last push with Princess and the Frog, which I think is beautiful, by the way. It truly is. It's a beautiful movie. And it did good, didn't it? It did fine. But they've decided that. Uh, they would rather stick with the computers instead of paying entire departments of people to hand draw animation Um, to the point now that I don't think that they could do a hand drawn animated film if they wanted to. And 
it's sad. You lose a lot of life. There's there yeah. is a life that goes into a hand drawn image uh, that just can't be replicated in like a three D animated kind of way. There are things that animators have done for decades that you just don't really do in computer animation anymore, and yeah. it, I think it's very sad. There is a there is a a major loss for I think the the movie going world and for the lack of hand-drawn animation coming out of Disney. Yeah. Cause I feel like the way that they're able to do animated cartoons so much, right? Like the Simpsons, they're not going to cancel it just because they have so much of it backlogged on computer that you're like, we have everything we ever need. We can just keep reusing our stored footage from that and just keep making it forever. I mean, they haven't hand drawn the Simpsons in a very long time. Oh, thank goodness. It's but, all on computer. But now. maybe that's a reasoning that they want to do computer animation is so that they don't have to, you know, they can use it for future works type of a thing potentially. But by the way, all of this is to say, no, it's completely like they, it's sad that they haven't done it and, you know, aren't ever going to do it again in the future that we can think of, you know, at, I mean, you look at some of the behind the scenes stuff from the hand drawn stuff and it is labor intensive. It is a lot of work and it is, you know, there are, there are animators that get carpal tunnel from drawing so much and they're drawing from sun up to sundown, trying to get things done. And, you know, yeah, it is a lot of work, but everything that's worthwhile is a lot of work and there are lots of very very talented people that i think deserve the opportunity to make another hand-drawn animated film for disney and i i personally would be in full support of disney saying you know what even if it's once every five years we're going to put out a hand-drawn animated film yeah right a top of the decade (laughs) all about it because it they're just there's just something slightly different and I don't dislike their their computer animated stuff. It's just I, I do miss the the liveliness that comes from a hand drawn film. And just the fact to know that somebody put that much I don't know, just the, the just to know that it is a complete work of art that was actually real just changes everything for me. Sure. Because I feel the same way about uh, you know, it's a lot like claymation. When I first think about claymation, when you, you go, Oh, well, this makes a lot more sense just to do it that way. Boy, that seems easier. <laughs> and then you look at how they do claymation and you're like, Well, what in the world? These like, people are crazy. <laughs> they straight up crazy with that. That's what they are. Well uh, yeah, we've watched behind the scenes stuff on them too and they're like, you kind of have to be crazy to be an animator. Oh for sure. And I think it's true of all animation that you have to be a little off yeah because you're working with crazy things all the time and i don't know that claymation looks any smoother or better than um than than traditional animation Mm. i just like it too you just appreciate that work for what it is and um yeah yeah i and you know we're not disparaging the artists that work on computer animation because it is work and it is very you know labor intensive also but it is a different medium and I feel like just like with any other kind of art, uh, different mediums give different reactions from the general audience. Yeah. Uh, if you if you go see a kinetic sculpture, it gives you a different reaction from an oil painting. And that's just part of art. Well, and puppets. Puppets. And a puppet. We, we Why is puppets. there not a full length puppet movie for a very long time? I mean, we had that horrible Happy Time mur- Murders thing that I refused to watch, but... 
Oh yeah. Where are the Muppet movies? We need more Muppet movies because they make me laugh every time. For sure. Oh, they are funny. But it, just the fact that it's a completely other form of art that can be appreciated as well. Right. Um, totally feel that. So, yeah. And especially to know that basically, like, it looked to me like the pri- the numbers were uh, the same or less than computer animation. So yeah, you would imagine at a certain point that you would have all the computers you need and stuff. But no, that's not the way it really works. Oh. <laughs> anyway. So preaching the choir on this one. For right. Us. I'm I'm a fan of hand drawn. I love I love the look and I say Disney give it a try. What what's what do you got to lose at this point? Millions of dollars? Pa. <laughs> you can make that up in a day at Disneyland Paris with their new premiere access. <laughs> That's just me being bitter cuz I know it's going to raise the cost of my trips to places yeah, cuz well, I know gonna I'm going to end up paying it. Yeah, I almost thought that was your outro for this show. It, it, well, it was supposed to be, and it just, it, I mushed into it. So, But <laughs> but it's like I always say, Disney, bring back hand-drawn animation. What do you have to lose? Millions of dollars? Bah! You'll get it back on one day with Paris' new Premier Access Fast Passes. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique. And we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.